Hey, students, happy Wednesday. You're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions with me, Brother Lawson, and Brother Wing. It's Wednesday, November 9th, Brother Wing. How's it going? It's good. It's really good. We are almost to pumpkin pie time. Are you a pumpkin pie guy? I do like pumpkin pie. I could eat a lot of it. Have you always enjoyed pumpkin pie? I have a theory about pumpkin pie is why I'm asking you. Um, I didn't like it straight. It had to have whipped cream on it. <laughs> and then here. now, but now in my old age, I can eat it without whipped cream. You can eat pumpkin pie unadulterated and just <laughs> straight. Yeah, that's my theory about pumpkin pie. I don't believe there's a single kid alive that uh, that likes pumpkin pie. And so if, there, if you guys have little brothers and sisters that can swear to me up and down that they love pumpkin pie, that would ruin my theory. And I'd, I'd be glad to, to hear it. It's sort of um, like dark chocolate. Yeah, dark chocolate. Yeah, you have to be like over 30 to enjoy dark chocolate. Yeah. Also soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> these are these are things that everyone tuning in are like, why do I listen to this podcast? What is <laughs> all right? We've been talking about Hosea this week. We talked about Hosea and Gomer before, and uh, we've we've learned a little bit about how God feels about us and what he's willing to do to bring us back, even after what we have, have done or not, or not have done. Um, today, we're going to continue on in, in Hosea and, and answer even further questions about, so, well, one of the issues that the children of Israel had was that um, they were doing the sacrifices in the temple, you know, under the law of Moses that they were asked to do, but their heart wasn't in it. So, like, what's the big deal? You know, I'm, I'm doing the things that I should be doing. I mean, just kind of get off my back. I, what, what more do you want from me kind of thing? So what's Hosea's response to this, Brother Wayne? Yeah, so so much of chapters four through the end of the book of Hosea, he really exposes the need to have the heart, that the Lord wants the heart, you know, mm -hmm. and all of it, you know, and that we can't be half-hearted in our devotion to him in chapter four, verse 11, he had, there's an interesting phrase in this book. He says, whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. What in the world does that mean? Yeah. I interpret this to mean that this wickedness, their devotion to, you know, wrong things that are in violation of God's commandments have removed their ability to receive revelation. Like they need and and their connection, you know, with God. And so in verse 12, it talks about how they had kind of resorted to other things to get counsel um, and false and idol worship as well. And that they're seeking help and guidance and they want revelation, but they can't get it from God because of their wickedness and they're not willing to repent. But the heart is the key. Like, and so if they would repent with all of their heart, they can be healed and come back to the Lord and know him. But otherwise they're left to all kinds of trouble in amidst trying to find help in their lives, but they, they go to all these sources that can't provide the help. They have all these questions, but they can't get the answers really, but they could get all of this from the Lord if they would cry unto him with all their heart. And so they kind of put forth this, uh, 
Well, you use the term half-hearted effort. I mean, maybe that's where the, maybe that's where the term comes from, right? Um, where we're just not really into it. And in chapter six, Hosea goes on in chapter uh, chapter six, verse four. He talks about how their goodness is as the morning cloud, which says, "Oh, well, thank you for that." Well, he's not complimenting him. He's basically saying your goodness is like fog, and is as early dew that goeth away. So. You, there is some goodness in you, but it goes away. It only lasts for a little bit of time. Um, and, and that's what, that's what he warns these people of is that, that they, they've been focused on sacrifice in verse six, but really they should have been focused on mercy and helping the poor and relieving stress and contention in their society. They have been offering burnt offerings but they don't know, they don't even know who they're offering burnt offerings to. It would be the equivalent of, of an individual going to a, one of our sacrament meetings, not having any idea what those covenants mean uh, and that promise means in the sacrament prayer and then partaking of the sacrament. All right. All they would be doing would be eating bread. They wouldn't be making a any type of promise or covenant because they have no idea of who they're making a promise with or what it's about. Um it's just kind of going through emotion, but there's nothing behind it. Yeah. And, and this is kind of, they, they get to this point because of their wickedness, but it's more than just like conceptual understanding. Like it's, right. it's this level that they get only by revelation. That's why the heart is, has to be involved. And so like in chapter four, verse one, you know, it says the Lord has this controversy with the inhabitants because there is no truth nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Like they don't have this knowledge and understanding. It's not because they're dumb. It's because they, their, their heart is not involved in the reception of spiritual knowledge. And so they can't get revelation. And that's the problem. In fact, verse six says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. And so then they're left to do things that are really unpleasant and bad like in chapter 7, verse 13, it says that they have transgressed against me, though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. Their, mm-hmm. their lack of understanding, their lack of understanding about God has caused them to, to uh, lie about him and not understand truth about him. This is like Laman and Lemuel. It says that they murmured because they knew not the dealings of, the God, of that God who created them. Like they... They cut off the heart. Now they don't understand God. And now there's all kinds of problems that come after that. I really like that verse. In fact, I want to look that up. That just came to me when you read that verse, chapter four, verse one, um, that word controversy for it says, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. It almost to me, it, uh, that word controversy, it'd be interesting to look it up in some other translations because it almost is like, a, sounds to me like it's a problem for the Lord because you got all these people who are who are keeping a law on the outward side, but there's no truth, no mercy and no knowledge of God at the same time. And so what do you do? How, you know what? Not like, I, I don't think the Lord knows what to do, but it's this, it's this conundrum. How do you teach these people who are doing the right things, but they're not feeling any, they're not feeling the right things or um, towards, towards God or towards others. They're just, it's almost like they're involved in a social club. Right, the, the law of Moses has become a, a social status type thing where we just this is what we do because we're here, and and I think that that can that feeling 
if we're not careful to some degree or another can creep into our own discipleship uh, when it comes to things like um, like the sacrament uh, or like temple attendance or like even scripture study or prayer? Is it something that is just something that, well, I've always done it, so I'm, that's what I'm going to do? Or is there is there any power behind it because our heart is in it? Yeah, it makes sense why the Lord, when we go to partake of the sacrament, that he wants us to offer up a broken heart and a contrite spirit, mm-hmm. that that's the kind of focus and devotion that we can offer to him that so that we can receive this knowledge and power that only he can provide. Yeah. Elder Maxwell used to talk about how in the law of Moses time, we had put an, an animal on the altar and sacrifice that animal. Um, and now what we're asked to sacrifice is the animal inside of us, or in other words, the natural man, our own will and our desires to sacrifice that and replace it with the will and desires of, of our father in heaven. All right, students, thanks for listening uh, to this podcast. Go ahead and share it with somebody else. Uh, and, and let us know if you have uh, questions or insights that you'd like to share with us. So we can talk about on our podcast. Until next time, everybody, we love your guts. Stay righteous.